0: Real rowdy bunch this morning. Thanks for all your prayers for our family. Um, Judah is home from hospital with this week, which was amazing. Um, Rach and um, Judah are at home this morning. Um, yesterday, Judah was on the move and he actually ate Tommy's homework. And we all thought it was funny until this morning when, yeah, I think something got stuck. Anyway, so um, we're just believing this will be another testimony of the goodness of God. And so they're at home relaxing, I I, I trust. Um, About two months ago, I had a phone call. And you know how normally phone etiquette is when you call someone You actually say hello and you get a response back and you have like a little bit of dialogue until you talk about the very thing that you rang them for. And this person rang me and said, hi Ben, and then pretty much spoke for 15 minutes without a break. And they started to quote scripture, a lot of scripture, and started to declare and prophesy the word of God over my life. And probably like 15 minutes into it was before they sort of checked to see if I was still on the other end of the phone. (laughs) And after 15 minutes, I literally felt like I'd just eaten a meal. I felt nourished. I felt strengthened. I felt like, yes, this is the word of the Lord. This person had no idea of what the personal circumstances that had been going on in our family. I think at that time Judah was in hospital with Rach and it was just like literally an injection of hope, an injection of strength in those couple of minutes on the phone. And the last few days as I was praying about what to share this morning, I felt the Lord saying, hey, this isn't just for you, this is for our church family. And so a lot of what I'm going to speak about is from that phone call. It's also from a subsequent uh, sermon. But I really feel this morning that the Lord wants us to come into this place where we leave, where we have strength and an injection of hope. Who here right now feels like they're facing an impossibility? Yeah, so many hands. Who here would say that, and you don't have to put your hands up this time, but who here would feel like, hey, there's things in my life right now that I, they're just big things in my life. Maybe you would say this morning that there's like opposition to me moving forward. And I feel this morning that the Lord is going to touch us to such a point where we realize the heart of God in situations like this. So I'm just going to share some of my own experiences, a lot of the Bible, and we're going to see where we end up this morning. I read a quote the other day and it says, if you don't have opposition, maybe you're not, not, not doing something worth opposing. Isn't that tough? Tough. Now, I understand there's seasons where there's not full-on opposition. I get that. But if you can't remember a time in your life when there was opposition, maybe you need to rediscover the promises of God over your life. Because we see in this book that everybody that did anything for God came up against opposition. But how many know that we serve a king who... Every knee will bow at the name of Jesus. In Luke chapter 4, verse 1, we have this amazing passage where Jesus has just been baptized in water. This was an amazing, significant time in, in the ministry of Jesus. And he comes up out of the water and the next passage is this. It says in, in, in verse one of Luke four, it says, "Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil." How many know that the Bible says that we, the Bible says that we don't fight against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers? So right now, and maybe you're feeling like me, there's, there's things in our life and there's opposition and there's difficulties. How many know that that oftentimes is the work of the enemy? We're in a battle. But also it can be our own stupidity. If I sit in McDonald's we're not sponsored by McDonald's yet, so I can say this. But if I sit in McDonald's and I eat Big Macs for breakfast, lunch, and dinner for the next 12 months, how many know that I'm going to have a health condition and, and, it, and it's going to affect me with or without the enemy? So we know that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So wherever we see death, loss, and destruction... We can say that there's, there's work of the enemy, but we also know that some things that oppose us are because of our own stupidity. And I would like to look this morning and say, sometimes the Lord actually leads us into a wilderness. Before you all leave, hang with me. We see here in verse 1 of Luke 4, where it says Jesus was actually led into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit. I read this passage again the other day, and I was sitting there thinking, Lord, was it really necessary that you actually had to lead Jesus into the wilderness? Like, why did God have to lead Jesus into the wilderness? We've got to remember that when Jesus, he was always... He never stopped being God, but in his humanity he came and he put aside his godly attributes to do life as a man. And in this moment, Jesus the man was led by by God, by the Holy Spirit, into the wilderness. I would like to propose this morning that if God ever leads you into a wilderness... It's because he has 100% equipped you to destroy the devil. And so here we have Jesus being led into the wilderness. The reason wasn't so that the enemy could beat Jesus. It was so that Jesus could destroy the works of the enemy. We also see this with Israel who this nation who was led out of Egypt, out of captivity. And God is leading them through, once again, the wilderness into a promised land. And in that journey, we read in the Old Testament that it actually says that God would actually go to the enemies of Israel, stir up their attitudes against them so that they would attack Israel. Doesn't seem like a a nice father, to go do this. Here is the people of God, the people of Israel, they're moving through the wilderness into the promise that God has told them and here God is actually going to the enemies of Israel, stirring up their hearts so they would attack Israel. How many know that the reason that God was stirring up the enemies wasn't so Israel would be defeated? It was so Israel would defeat the enemy. We have to understand the heart of God As he leads us into the wilderness. If God leads you into the wilderness, he has equipped you to destroy the works of the enemy. If we can have a look at Numbers chapter 14, Numbers chapter 14. How are we doing? We good? This is going to be our text for today. Number, we'll, we'll actually start in Numbers chapter 13, verse 26. The context of this passage is that, once again, the Israelites were in captivity. They're now journeying through into the promised land. And they get to the point in their journey where they're not yet into the promised land, but their leader Moses says, hey, let's get 10... Sorry, 12 people, and let's send them off to spy out the land. And so this is what they do. They send 12 people out to check out the promised land that God has for them. And we pick the story up in Numbers chapter 13, verse 26. It says, they came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community at Kadesh in the desert of Paran. There they reported to them and to the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is its fruit. But the people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified and very large. Verse 30. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. But the men who had gone up with him said, We can't attack these people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, The land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size." We seemed like grasshoppers in their eyes, and we looked the same to them. Continue in, in, in verse 1 of chapter 14, it says, That night all the members of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron, and the whole assembly said to them, If only we had died in Egypt or in this wilderness. Verse 3, why is the Lord bringing us up to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Let's just stop there for a moment. It's crazy that these guys had this attitude that God had actually brought them into the promised land so they would die. They said, we we would have been better off back in Egypt. And as they're setting their sails and their minds to return, they actually think, They actually have a wrong perspective and they actually say, Hey, has the Lord brought us here that we may die? And they said to each other, We should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. Verse 5 Then Moses and Aaron fell face down in front of the whole Israelite assembly gathered there. Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb who were among those who had explored the land, tore their clothes. They said to the entire Israelite assembly, the land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and will give it to us. And verse 9, this is our key verse, only do not rebel against the Lord and do not be afraid of the people of the land, because we will devour them. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid. Here we have this incredible passage where how many know that the 10 spies that came back were actually telling the truth? The fruit was incredibly in size. There was giants in the land. This city was heavily fortified. But they they forgot one thing. They forgot the promise of God over their nation. And then there was two guys called Joshua and Caleb who said, yep, we agree with that description, but... Even though the fruit is is massive, we have a God who's even bigger. Even though the giants are huge, we're looking at our God who is is beyond anything else. Even though the the cities are heavily fortified, there's a God that we serve that can break down anything because He is with us. In pre-service prayer this morning, the first two prayers were thanking God about God being with us. God being with us. This is the game changer that God is with us. And here we have a a nation who were cowering in fear because of the report of 10 people. They were cowering in fear and turned the whole nation to stop and want to return. While two people had a good report. They believed the promise of God over their life. I want to pick up on verse 9. It says here, Do not be afraid of the people of the land because we will devour them. In the King James Version, it says, for they will be our bread. They will be our bread. I would like to propose that Joshua and Caleb actually saw something else. They saw the promise of God so heavily over a nation that they said, hey, the, the, these enemies are, are, are strong, but that will be our bread. The, the, let me say it this way. Oftentimes we want strength for the battle, but he says you'll find strength in the battle. Oftentimes we're looking for strength before we step forward, but sometimes, and in this season I believe as a church, the Lord is saying, hey, the very provision you need, the very strength you need is in the promise, is in the promised land. It's actually surrounded where the enemy is occupying that area, and it will be our bread. As we step forward into that, it will actually be the thing that sustains us for the next season he has for us. Maybe you're here this morning and you're like, hey, I've been crying out to God. I've been crying out to serve him more. And ever since I started that prayer, there's been some issues in my life. Who's ever experienced that before? I've sacrificed my life to God again. I've made sacrifices. I've I've done this stuff and all of a sudden now there's opposition. I would like to propose that that opposition that you're sensing right now it can actually be your bread. See, Joshua and Caleb said, hey, we understand that there's giants, we understand that there's a fortified city, but we're going to see that those giants become breakfast. He said, They said, we can do it, and they will be our lunch. They will be our breakfast. Maybe you're here and you just feel like, hey, the Lord has really challenged me about financially giving. And, and, and having a generous, uh, a lifestyle of generosity. And ever since you've started that, your finances are just like collapsing. It's just terrible. I would like to propose that once again, that as you continue moving forward, As you move forward into the area, that is that opposition that's coming against you, there will be a meal for you in that place that will propel you into the destiny for the next season of your life. We want strength for the battle, but he says in this season, you'll find strength in the battle. Joshua and Caleb were so aware of the bigness of God. They were so not impressed by the enemy, not impressed by the opposition. They were overwhelmed with the bigness of God that actually allowed them to see clearly and to move forward in the promises of God. Just this morning, we're actually going to have a bit of an extended time for prayer this morning because I believe that Maybe you came out before for prayer and you're just like, hey, that was, you you actually want some extended time of prayer with people coming around you and encouraging you, and that's what we're going to do this morning. But I just want, if you could right now, if you can hold these issues, opposition, this wilderness season, whatever you want to call it, just just hold it out in front of you, visualize it in front of you. Maybe it's a health condition. Maybe it's sickness in the family. Maybe it's a a financial turmoil. Maybe it's relationship issues. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's a dysfunctional marriage. Maybe it's stress and anxiety. Whatever it is, you fill in the blanks. But if you can, try and visualize it in front of you. Hold it there in front of you. And then I want you to turn and look up. I want you to turn up and, and look up to a God, whoever is and who whoever will be. I want you to turn your gaze as you hold these things that are, that are so, so pertinent in your life right now, that are these challenges and these oppositions. I want you to look up and see a God who has a promise over your life. I want you to look up to a God who has forever existed, who knows the hairs on your head, who knows the intricate details of your life. And I want you to look up and see a God who cares and knows you this morning. Just as you're holding these things that are so dear to your heart, these things that have happened in your life, this opposition, whatever it is, Just look up and see there's a God who every knee will bow to the name of Jesus. If Stace, if you're still here, if you could come and just play on the keys. As we hold these things in front of us, be aware that there's a God who has equipped you for victory. There's a God who has equipped you. If he's leading you into a wilderness experience, he's equipped you. And not only has he equipped you, but he's actually created a place where you're actually going to feast where that thing the enemies come for your demise is actually going to be turned and it's actually going to be a point of strength where you actually feast and it launches you into a new level in God. Psalm 23, of course, is a very familiar passage. I just want to read it this morning. I just encourage you to close your eyes. (laughs) Says the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Verse 5, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Verse 5 says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I just felt this morning that maybe you're walking through a, a valley of the shadow of death. Maybe you're walking in a journey in a season right now where nothing makes sense. Where there's impossibilities all around. But right in that place where your enemies are around, where there's opposition around, he prepares a table for you right in the presence of your enemies. Right in the middle of the battle, right in the middle of the wilderness, the Lord is preparing a table. He's laying it out in front of us and saying, hey, this is for you to strengthen you, to enrich you. In Luke chapter 4, the verse we started with, it said that after Jesus' baptism, it said, he was led by the Spirit. It says, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. It's incredible, because in verse 1, it says he was full of the Holy Spirit. And then after 40 days, he came out. In verse 14, it says, he came, he returned in the power of the Spirit. There was something that so happened where Satan wanted his demise. Satan wanted him defeated. And Jesus came out. He modeled for us what it looks like. To allow something that was to come to see our demise, to actually turn it around, to see him come out victorious in the power of the Holy Spirit. I love the Passion Translation. It says, Then Jesus armed with the Holy Spirit's power, return to Galilee. This morning we've got, we've got a bit of time and we're going to open up the front here for people that want prayer. Maybe you're believing for something. If you're believing for breakthrough in your family, I would encourage um, your family to come out. There's two bowls here with communion. I would encourage you to take that together this morning as you come forward for prayer. Not only is it in remembrance of Jesus' blood and his body that was broken for us, but we're prophetically declaring this morning that every price has been paid. As we take those emblems, as we take the bread and, and the juice, we're actually declaring the victorious God that we serve. The prayer team's going to come and they're going to pray for you in this moment. But my last thought is this. Maybe you're in a season and you feel like there's opposition. It may be the devil attacking you. It could be your own stupidity. But it could be the, the fact that the Lord is actually leading you into a wilderness season. How many know that any time he leads us into the wilderness, it's because we are fully equipped to destroy the works of the enemy? And maybe you're sitting here and you're like, Ben, I have no clue, like me most of the time. I don't have any clue what's going on. Well, this is awesome because it says everything works together for good. Maybe we stuff things up. Maybe it's our own stupidity. Maybe we don't have a clue what's going on. All we know is there's opposition. There's things coming. We don't understand our circumstances. The trump card is this. He works everything together for good. For those that love him and are called according to his purpose. So as everyone's just closing their eyes, if that's you this morning and you want to come and you want to have people stand with you, could you just make your way to the front right now? It takes courage to move. takes courage to move the enemy attacks people that are going to be a threat there's nothing shameful about this if I wasn't holding this microphone I'd be down there And I will be there shortly. But I believe the Lord is such a significant day for us. Where the Lord is going to change our perspective. I don't want to be one of these 10 spies that come back and have the truth and have the facts, but neglect the promise of God over my life. Did you realize that everyone except Joshua and Caleb died before they went into the promised land? if we don't hold on to the promises of God, we will die. I believe there's such a significant moment this morning as the Lord is touching people's hearts. And my last thought is this. When David defeated Goliath, we all know the story that he got a sling and he he hit him in the forehead and he fell down. But the way he killed him was with Goliath's sword. From that moment on, David never used a sling, he used a sword. And I'm believing prophetically and declaring over everyone standing up front here, the very thing that the enemy has meant for your destruction will become your point of strength. From this moment on, fear, anxiety, health concerns, relationship problems, marriage dysfunctions, that the Lord is going to do something significant, that that very thing that potentially has plagued you all your life will become a point of strength in the name of Jesus. Could I ask the prayer team if you could come out now and start ministering to people here? We have communion here. If you would love to take communion with people, it's so powerful to remember the blood and the body of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you're still sitting in your seats and you're feeling like, hey, I should be out here, you may say, God can touch me in my seats. Of course he can, but he's looking for faith. He's looking for someone to step forward and say, hey, I need help. I need people to stand with me and believe God. His presence is here. Lord, we just invite you. Holy Spirit, would you come again? Would you manifest your presence? Would you change perspectives in the name of Jesus?